You're listening to the free preview episode of On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. To hear the entire episode, go to patreon.com forward slash Karen Geyer, K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R, and sign up. It's only $5 for the entire series. This is On Belief, a podcast about cults by Karen Geyer. Season 3, Episode 9, The Church of Christ. We don't often place devout Christians or evangelical Christians or super Baptists in the group of cults, but that doesn't mean that they don't have an element of high demand to them. It doesn't mean that they don't have elements of thought reform to them. My guest today is describing her experiences with joining the Church of Christ as part of a school, and she's going to describe how her feelings towards the group changed between being a teen and growing up to being an adult. My guest today is Paige, who is an articling student. Welcome, Paige. Let's go back to the beginning. Were you born into a religious tradition? I was, yeah. My mom uh, was Lutheran. My dad was just kind of like vaguely Christian, you know? So when he met her, um, he converted. He like got baptized and everything. My younger sister and I were both raised in the Lutheran church. And my mom was pretty involved. Like she did a lot of Sunday school teaching, vacation Bible school, stuff like that. And um, I was also quite involved because um, she was dragging me there a lot. So, At what point during your journey did you become aware of the Church of Christ? When I was in like grade seven and eight, um, I was, I mean, even probably earlier, like grade six, seven, eight, I um, got super involved in like my church youth group. And um, my youth leader at the time worked at a private high school in, um, I was, I grew up in Regina, so um, she was working at this private high school in Regina. Um, And at the time, like late elementary school, I was um, really struggling socially. I had a lot of anxiety, was experiencing bullying and things like that. Um, And um, youth group really became like a, a sort of refuge for me, you know, I, I felt like I had fun there, I had friends, um, it was a place to belong. And so when it came time to choose a high school, she really convinced my parents that uh, the school she was working at was a, a great place to be. And I think it really, um, they were they were pretty concerned about the level of anxiety that I had about going to high school. and. They were worried about me going to a big public school um, and sort of getting lost there. And like the school itself wasn't really sold as Church of Christ. It was sold sort of as non-denominational, like we accept all Christians. And so, yeah, so when I started there in grade nine, I um, that's sort of when I learned. And even then it was, um, I didn't really, I didn't really understand <laughs> until a few months in. Um, And 
um, I started to realize like, oh, like a lot of my classmates are related to each other. And um, so many of them have parents that also went here and great and grandparents that also went here um, and started putting things together. And um, I think the further I went along in high school, the more like explicit the theology became and the more I um, started to sort of agree with it. Most of my friends um, at school were Church of Christ, so I would go to church with them quite often. We actually had chapel every single day, so there was <laughs> a lot of opportunity to um, to learn how their church services worked. And it was so different from Lutheranism. Like Lutheranism is so liturgical and um, very like traditional, you know, organ-based hymns and um, pastors wearing long robes and things like that. And it was really different. Um, and I, um, I would say for me, like the big thing was when I was in grade 11, I started dating a boy that was Church of Christ. And that's when I sort of like really took the, the big leap into that church. Can you describe the belief system for me in a nutshell? like Baptists, but um, more intense. <laughs> like they um, they really want to, the thing about the Church of Christ is they really want to recreate what they think the early church was like, like the New Testament church. So for example, their worship famously doesn't use any instruments because in the New Testament, there's no direct references to instruments being used during um, worship. So from that, they <laughs> they take away that like everything needs to be a cappella. At first it was so bizarre to, cause like, I don't know, I had been to a lot of different churches and like a lot of, you know, like um, multi-faith sort of like events where where different denominations would get together but I had never experienced like a man just standing up at the front and like blowing into a pitch pipe and then everyone breaking out in four-part harmony it was it's so bizarre what would you say are the Church of Christ's defining beliefs so the ones that separate them from what we would associate with quote-unquote mainstream Christianity they believe in like adult baptism, full immersion. They sort of see themselves as the like proper extension of what the New Testament wanted. Um, so they call themselves the Church of Christ because that's what church is like, that's what the references are in the New Testament. And they like, like, I think. Like, there's so much overlap, but they, like, believe themselves to be, like, the true Christians in a way that I think that other denominations, like, think, like, their theology is correct. But, like, probably everybody else is going to heaven, whereas, like, Church of Christ, it's this belief that, like, if you don't get fully dunked as an adult, like, you're probably not going. Like, you have to be fully immersed. <laughs> Just a real... Um, dismissal of other other christian faiths my understanding is that they try to trace the lineage of the church all the way back to the crusades 
Oh yeah, like they they just think that like they're like the true encapsulation of what you know, like what Jesus wanted. Like if if Paul came to earth today, like he would probably worship at a church of Christ because it would be the most familiar to him. (laughs) What does the power structure look like? Is it one guy at the top and a bunch of, you know, deacons and pastors underneath or what does it look like? It's not super hierarchical like that. Um, They're pretty loosely affiliated with each other. I never really understood it, to be honest, because coming from Lutheranism, like it's so hierarchical and like clearly set out. But to my knowledge, like the Church of Christ is just um, like you can plant a church, you can call yourself. You Most people do have like a pretty good like biblical background, like they, um, but like you can be a minister after taking a few years of Bible college and plant a church and call it a church of Christ. And basically, as long as you follow the general theological teachings and don't use instruments in worship, that would count. Can you describe for me what the services were like? Like they love singing, a lot of singing. Um, There would be, the preacher would present a message every service. um, And like that, it wasn't the same as, you know, like a, it wasn't like following a liturgical schedule. So it wasn't like today's the first Sunday after Pentecost or anything like that. It was, um, you know, whatever was on their hearts or whatever they had prepared for the day. Um, there was always communion, which was uh, like Welch's grape juice and like crackers. And they would just pass it around. Um, and occasionally there would be a baptism. So walk me through what an adult baptism entails. So like, it's not always adults. Like there's a lot of young, young people that do it. Like I would say a a lot of people I went to high school got baptized as young teens. Um, and usually it would be like, they would stand at the front of the church with, Uh, the preacher and they would like share their story like what brought them to Christ and um, why they were getting baptized often like the preacher would have a few words to say um, about like how they'd seen this young person grow or you know like how they had got to to mentor them and um, how proud they were to to watch them to watch them accept Jesus and they would get into whatever body of water <laughs> and then they would um, dunk them back fully and um, pull them back up and everyone would be super happy. Now he's usually like at the very end of a service or even afterwards, like it would be like, we're going to baptize so-and-so. Like one time I went to like one that was in a, at a pool in someone's backyard um, which was really fun, um, <laughs> but yeah, and it was always like a very joyous, like there was a lot of happiness and um, hope, I think, to to watch young people make that choice. Did you end up getting baptized? I didn't. It was something that I, oh my gosh, I prayed about it so much. I um, argued with a lot of people about it because I was, I was baptized as a baby and um, was confirmed in the Lutheran church, which I took very, very seriously. Like I loved 
going to confirmation classes and all of that. Um, and it kind of broke my brain to get taught that my baptism didn't count. Like that really, um, I really struggled with that. Um, and I, I went back and forth constantly between whether or not I should get baptized as an adult. I remember like asking people like, how do you know? And I'd be like, oh, you just know when it's time. Like, like God will put it on your heart. And I think that sort of vagueness is what prevented me from doing it because I didn't, I didn't really feel like God had put it on my heart. What was it like for you as you got further into the church? So one thing that was like weird and different about the school was that it had dorms. So like, I would say like half of the kids that went there lived in dorms. And so it was kind of like, if you wanted to spend your entire day there, you could. Um, And it would be really fun. And you would be surrounded by other Christian kids. And there were always like, Christian-based activities that you could be doing. The, yeah, the longer I went there, the more time I spent there. And, um, like, I would, you know, like, um, have, like, sleepovers with my friends on Saturday and then go to church with them on Sunday. Or um, I would, like, attend Bible studies with them on Friday night and, like, things like that. Um, and so, and I really enjoyed, like, how challenged I felt by, by their understanding of faith and, like, and how much it made me think and how much I was learning. And so I think that that sort of overshadowed for me how radical some of the ideas were that I was learning um, and that I was accepting. Talk to me about some of those ideas. We did have to take Christian ethics. We did take a Christian ethics class every year or every semester. I can't remember which, but I remember a lot of Christian ethics. And um, like, I, yeah, every year I feel like I learned something that like, I maybe run of the mill Christians or like, other denominations of Christians don't explicitly talk about, but this, it it was really like explicitly like hammered home. So like, I remember um, in grade nine learning about um, evolution and like specifically that like there were dinosaurs on Noah's Ark and like we learned about like the cubits, like the, the like specific dimensions of the Ark and like, how um, people are really dismissive of the idea because they don't like look into the science of it and stuff. Um, And that sort of like, it it kind of made sense to me at the time because, you know, my my Lutheran youth leader was like, you really need to uh, like read, I can't remember what it was called, but there was this really popular book by an author named Lee Strobel. And he wrote about how evolution was like all fake. And so I had already read that and then um, Dinosaurs on the Ark came along and I was like, oh, like this explains a lot. This actually, you know, like really fits into the the worldview that I was kind of being taught before. And like, like a very, like a very creationist idea. Like we, we were explicitly taught that like the world was created in seven days and like, here's how it happened. And like, 
specifically, you know, other Christians believe that this might be metaphorical, like uh, all of the days of creation might actually be a million years. Um, and that that is wrong. Like when it says that the world was created in seven days, it's literally a week. Don't listen to anybody else. They're all wrong. Why does he need a million years for this? Um, and then uh, grade 10 Christian ethics, it was like, I, um, I remember this so specifically and like so clearly um, that I remember talking about um, homosexuality and I remember my teacher um, who was the dad of my, like he had like four kids enrolled in the school and we all really respected him and he was a great teacher actually. But I remember him saying like him comparing being in a queer relationship to pedophilia. And at the time, like there, like there was a little twinge in the back of my head that I, I was like, something about that is off, you know? To unlock the rest of this episode, visit patreon.com forward slash K-A-R-E-N-G-E-I-E-R. It's only $5 to unlock over 20 hours of content.